Well, welcome to a new show that we're going to call uh, uh, High School Football Tonight. Uh, we're going to wrap around uh, the league and get some quick hitters from uh, a bunch of broadcasters and, and uh, maybe some athletic directors or coaches or whatever people going to the games that I've got going to all these different games. But uh, we're going to start off in Fairfield, Iowa, with Nason Piercy of KMCD, who's covering the, the Fairfield Trojans uh, against Sullen. Uh, uh, welcome to the program, Nathan. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to hear you're doing something a little new. Well, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to try it out, see see if it works. It seems like a good enough idea. Uh, but uh, oh, yeah. you've got the Fairfield Solon game. You're going to be behind the microphone there. Uh, well, this is a big game, and uh, yes, uh, tell is. us what's at stake here. Well, uh, of course, both these teams are 2-0 in district play, and a lot of people believe that the winner of this game is going to come out as the winner of the district now they are also tied with grinnell so all three teams are are 2-0 in the district of course that'll change after tonight so those are kind of the 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 big big things at hand here and uh you know if you if you ask coach wheaton about it he's not going to tell you anything about that he's just saying let's focus on uh really every minute of it you know each play every minute of each game he's not going to look ahead to that that's what something that he told me earlier today when i spoke with them uh, it is. It should be an exciting matchup. You know, if you look at uh, the two powers for these two teams, it's Solon's offense and it's Fairfield's defense. So uh, when you look at that matchup, Fairfield only giving up 18 points per game, Solon averaging 32 points per game, and have really uh, whooped up on both West Burlington and Washington in their first two district games. So both of these teams are playing really well right now, kind of firing on all cylinders, and they are ready to go. And it, I, I got to admit, this might be the premier matchup in Southeast Iowa tonight. Well, it's, it's got to be among them. Uh, uh, let's talk about uh, Fairfield. Uh, your defense ha- is just stellar and uh, yeah. has kept you in the game. Now, you're, uh, you've had a couple occasions where your offense really clicked and put a bunch of points on the board, but traditionally – Win, lose, or draw, you have just kind of grinded out wins. You know, just just yeah. real gritty, yeah. hard-fought battles that occasionally go into overtime. You know, you guys have lost games in the last uh, few seconds of the game, and you've won games in overtime uh, on the last play of the game. So, and, and kind of everything in between. But what's been real consistent is that defense. So, uh what is uh, what is Solon going to see out of Fairfield's defense tonight that maybe they haven't seen before? Well, I don't know if it's really necessarily a lot. Um, although Coach Wheaton earlier today hinted that there may be some personnel changes. Not sure exactly what it is. Uh, but one thing I noticed maybe two or three weeks ago that they made a change in the defensive front that has really helped them out. They started Sam Wheaton in that uh, kind of Sam linebacker spot. I'm not trying to be a, make that a joke there. That's actually what it was. Uh, but they actually moved him down to defensive end, and that's really helped out on that on that end because now you bookend the the athletes that are Sam and Max Wheaton on that defensive end spot, and Kevin Dorothy, who stepped up in that spot, has really played well. And you're getting really great linebacker play from really all three of those those guys that are playing linebacker, whether it's Kevin Dorothy, Miles McEntee, and, and uh, Luke Tonzel, who's uh, been those main three guys in that backs, along with the guys up front. You know, they rotate a lot of guys, but oftentimes, especially in uh, passing situations, you'll see the bookends on the defensive line being both Sam and Max Wheaton, who 
Dude, one thing that makes them really good, they're they're very good athletes, and then they also are very lengthy. So if they don't get to the quarterback, if they're close, they can get their long arms up and, and get in those passing lanes, which we've seen that a couple times, and I look forward to for it to continue. Uh, but the one thing they haven't done well, and I think Coach Wheaton is going to have an emphasis on, is when they make the other team throw, which is the kind of the key to beating Solon tonight, uh, that they got to get to the quarterback. So I think that will be a point of emphasis for that defense here tonight. Well, Fairfield got nipped uh, by an undefeated uh, Fort Madison team and also uh, 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 got beat by a, a, a very good Ottumwa team that's faring, that's faring pretty well in 5A. And, uh, uh, but then uh, Williams uh, – Solon got beat by by a Williamsburg team that is just almost unbeatable, and then uh, a very good Mount Vernon team. So both of both teams' losses have come to some some pretty good uh, opponents. But what what about Solon's offense? What do you do you know much about uh, what they like to do and why they've been so consistently putting a lot of points on the board? Well, it appears that they like to run the ball a lot. I mean, their their leading rusher is already almost at six hundred yards so far this year. So He's close to averaging 100 yards a game. I was looking at it. He's got just under 10 yards, or excuse me, just over nine yards a carry. And uh, that's their that's their running back. And then their quarterback also likes to run it. Both of those guys have eight touchdowns each on the ground. So they are a power run team. And according to Coach Wheaton as well on their defensive end, they're just not going to – they're just not really going to make changes. They're going to force you to play at them. And they have so much confidence in their offense that they feel like it doesn't matter what they do defensively, they're able to stop you enough to allow their offense to get ahead. So they seem to be playing, I want to say, a little cocky. Um, And I I think if Fairfield, especially early on in this game, can punch them in the mouth, get up uh, a score, possibly even two, and really put a shock into that Solon team, it'll be a dogfight in the uh, rest of the game. Well, uh, uh, I don't remember anybody really running well against Fairfield. Has that happened? No, not really. Um, you know, if you look at it in the past, uh, in the second half of the Kia Cup game, they found a little bit of uh, motivation, or excuse me, a little bit of uh, extra push there. But overall, no, teams aren't running fairly well. And if they do, it doesn't happen for a long period of time. You'll see them break out a couple big runs, and then it gets stuck. And then out of nowhere, they're maybe able to get a gain of one or two yards, but nothing too crazy. And so. Fairfield's been done a really nice job, and, and I, I give credit to the players and coaching staff. They've made a lot of adjustments in-game, whether it's halftime, in the middle of a game, it doesn't matter, of realizing that, hey, we're doing this, let's not give up these big plays and force them to march it down the field on us. It's a kind of that bend-don't-break mentality. And when they start doing that, then you know we saw that last week actually with the West Burlington game where – it, to start off the third quarter, they actually were, were really running the ball well, and then they got in actually all the way down to like the five-yard line. It was a fourth and one and got stuffed by uh, Kenneth Craig of the Fairfield defensive line for a two-yard loss. It was a turnover on downs. So they are great at adjusting, so it doesn't matter if you do start running well on them. They're going to make an adjustment and really going to shut that down and, and force you to do something else. Well, it's a home game for Fairfield. Uh, um They've had kind of a tough home schedule this year, but uh, uh, what do you expect to see tonight out there in the stands, and uh, uh, how much of a buzz is there in Fairfield about this Fairfield Trojan football team? There's a lot of 
excitement. Um, I, I have to give a lot of credit, and Coach Wheaton said this in our pregame interview as well. Uh, a lot of credit goes to the new principal here in Fairfield, A.D. Pomasai. He has brought a lot of energy with it as well. He's very supportive. Uh, the activities director, Jeff Courtright, does an amazing job. The student section is electric here in Fairfield. When they score, they have a cannon go off, so that kind of gives you a jolt of energy as well. Um, and, and I think something that, that you don't see in a lot of high schools is they give these kids here in Fairfield almost a little bit more free reign, I think, to allow them to have fun. Yes, you've got to be you know respectable and things like that, but they have a lot of fun here. Uh, the, the Booster Club actually recently purchased a new mascot for them, so that's something that we started to see last week, and a lot of people love it. The kids love it, of course, but overall, I mean, the energy here, you know, it's not a homecoming night, it's not a senior night, so where are you going to get that energy? And that comes from the crowd, and I expect them to get a lot from not just the crowd, but especially that student section here in Fairfield that's always coming out strong. Well, uh, you're on the mic. Uh, you've got a, a, a co-pilot there. Why don't you tell uh, tell uh, our listeners how KMCD is going to be covering this game and how they can uh, follow this game through you? Yeah, of course. So we broadcast on 95.9 Classic 96 on your FM dial. Um, if you don't, or if you aren't not by radio or, or want to find another way to listen to us, you can also stream it online. Our website is exploreseiowa.com, and there's a listen tab. And if you just drop that, click that and drop it down and uh, listen live, you'll be able to catch us there. We'll start off with the Radio Iowa scouting report, followed by we have a pregame interview with head coach Nate Wheaton, and then kickoff is right around 730. It'll be myself and Tommy Brower on the call. And then something that we started doing last week that I look forward to continuing is actually we will also have a halftime interview as they come out of the tunnel with Coach Wheaton. It'll be very brief. And then after the game, we try to catch him on the sideline as well as our player of the game for the Trojans. So if you want to get a little bit of that insight, make sure you're listening to us as well. And then after the game, we'll have the uh, Radio Iowa scoreboard show that breaks down the scores and highlights across the state of Iowa up until 1130. And again, that's all going on FM dial 95.9 Classic 96 or online at exploreseiowa.com. Well, thank you, uh, Nathan Piercy at KMCD Fairfield, Iowa, for going over the Fairfield Solon game. Uh, uh, stick with us. We're going to wrap around a whole bunch of other games that are coming up and uh, uh, get you ready for this very exciting uh, night of week seven of high school football. Welcome back to Round Guy Radio as we're continuing our coverage of high school football tonight. We've got uh, the, the broadcast crew from KBR, Scott Mason and John Flaherty with us. Welcome to the program, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. So you guys are heading to Mount Pleasant. Uh, uh, tell us about what, uh, tell us a little bit about this game you're about to have. Well, it's, uh, it's 4-2 Burlington and 0-6 Mount Pleasant. So it's a, a game that on paper, as a Greyhound fan, you got to feel pretty good about. But uh, as we kind of talked about last week, leading into North Scott, this is a, a three-week gauntlet to end the season. Uh, on my pregame intro, I, I make reference to, so back in August, it started as a nine-week marathon, and we're down to a three-week sprint to try and find a way to get into the postseason, and it starts tonight. Fort Madison, uh, or I should say, Mount Pleasant tonight before we head home for Liberty next week, and then at Fort Madison in week nine. And uh, realistically, Burlington needs to win all three to make sure they find their way into the postseason. If not, then you're relying upon other things to happen. But uh, in order for weeks eight and nine to matter, it has to be a win in week seven. 
And uh, I'm not going to say it's a throw-the-records-out type of rivalry, but these schools are only separated by about 25 miles. Uh, they've been playing each other for a long time, and so uh, it'll be a good one. It should be a good one anyway, and uh, maybe better than a lot of people even think. Well, uh, this is uh, uh, their homecoming, and uh, their defense hasn't exactly been stellar this year, but uh, uh, for a g- big chunk of the year, they led the state in completion percentage. Uh, uh, what do you know about their, their, their passing game? Well, as I was telling Scott, as we're getting ready for the, the show, that it seems to be an offensive unit that is still trying to get to know each other which is not very good when you're into week seven. Uh, you just see on video a lot of miscommunication and a lot of mis-execution, uh, but they got some kids who can get open and they've got a quarterback who's fairly accurate. And if you get some time and if you get a chance to hit somebody that's open, uh, you got a chance to get some points on the board. So the other side of that coin, though, is they've got to find a way to stop Burlington from controlling the clock and just chewing up chunks of yards. And that's not been one of their strong suits for the season. Well, uh, Nolan Simpson's back, and uh, and I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to, to put some yardage back up. Uh, uh, tell us, uh, uh, what, what do you think the offensive plan and who's the weapons that are going to be utilized tonight? Rinse and repeat. You know, when you talk about what the offensive plan is, it's, it's not going to change from one week to the next with Jim Crackle. He's going to run the football, and he's going to run it a lot. He's going to run it until he can't run it anymore. Um, you know, Nolan Simpson, he's a he's a stalwart at, at fullback and at middle linebacker. But the thing is, uh, people may or may not know who follow this program, you know, this is not just one or two guys. This is four guys who have rushed in triple digits so far this season. You've got Nolan Simpson, obviously, as one, Kate Chisel. You've got Dimitri Donald. And then uh, oh, Gabe Robinson, a quarterback. So you've got four guys, and your quarterback's your number one rusher. So, you know, this is going to be a, a game where, especially if Mount Pleasant has any trouble stopping the run, you're just going to see probably 55 running plays and maybe a couple of passes just to keep some – some defenders honest and give Gabe some stats. But other than that, I, you know, if things go to go to script, they shouldn't necessarily need to throw it too much tonight. Well, I know the, the atmosphere in Burlington is just off the charts for Greyhounds football this year, and this is a short drive and a very, very familiar uh, rivalry. But, but what is it like to play there in Mount Pleasant? What's their field like? What's the atmosphere like? Uh, 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 I imagine it's pretty electric. Iowa Wesleyan University uh, shares the game field with the Panthers, and so uh, it gets a lot of wear and tear, but it's it's well-maintained, uh, and the fact that we've had some dry weather, I think it'll be a fast track for everybody, um, uh, and it's, it's open to the elements, and so for Mount Pleasant, if it's a windy night where there seems to be a little bit more wind this week, uh, it could play some havoc with their passing game definitely have an impact on the kicking game. And, of course, for the Greyhounds, it's not going to have too much of an impact uh, as we, you know, have only completed or thrown 22 passes, I think, all year. So, uh, but the atmosphere is, is going to be great. We're already here, and, and the parking lot's full. Uh, they'll, they have a great music program, so they'll have a great band presentation. Senior night 
you know, there's just a lot of emotions that are flowing. And like Scott said, they've probably been playing each other since third or fourth grade. So they're going to know a lot of the guys on either side of the line. So it should be uh, kind of like two brothers getting after it in the living room. Well, it's it's the first really kind of cold and crisp night. Uh, I guess it was a, a, a kind of cold and rainy night, but I don't know if it's going to be as cold as it is tonight. Uh, so if you're if you're not out at one of the uh, at the game tonight, how can we follow this game through KBUR? Well, you can listen to us on KBUR dot uh, KBUR fourteen ninety AM out of Burlington uh, on terrestrial radio, and and I would say if you're in Mount Pleasant, chances are you can pick us up a little bit, especially once the nightfall hits. Um, otherwise, if you're at home and can't get the radio, then you can check us out on KBUR.com. Uh, and then the other way, and again, I, we talked about this last week. I'm not sure if I can confirm it, but at one time, if you went through the TuneIn radio app on your phone, you could get to KBUR. Uh, like I said, you know, a week ago, McKinney, Texas, uh, plays host to my, gra- my, my uncle, and he listens through the TuneIn app. So maybe in 2022, we're back online there. And while you may not be able to hear us, I know Mount Pleasant School District has a student-run uh, production on video. So uh, if you can't hear us, you should be able to at least see the game. But they want to hear us, John. So you want to listen to KBR. Or you right? could you could right. turn the radio right. on and you could turn the radio <laughs> on and find the video uh, uh, any way you could do it. But you got to have that entertainment from KBUR. It's the one of the finest broadcasting teams you're ever going to see. Well, is there anything we didn't get to talk about that you guys wanted to talk about? No, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I think we need to, you know, if there's a win tonight, we need to do this again next week because, like I said, assuming that, that we we follow the script tonight and get a win here in Mount Pleasant for the Greyhounds, um, these next two weeks could set up to be pretty important. I mean, obviously will be pretty important, but pretty special weeks. You know, uh, Burlington win tonight. We'll, we'll give them their second consecutive winning season, which hasn't happened since 07 and 08. Still on pace to finish with back-to-back seven-win seasons. Still on pace to potentially make back-to-back playoff appearances. This is kind of a, uh, in, you, I'll say, unique, uh, not an unmatched time in Burlington football, but it's a time that for the better part of two and a half, three decades, we really haven't seen consistently. So to see success success, excuse me, on back-to-back years has been pretty cool. So uh, with a win tonight, we need to come back on next week because that'll be really exciting. Well, let me ask you this. Not to beg back on. Well, let me ask you just one more question. Is uh, uh, What is is your playoff positioning, and uh, uh, how how many conference wins do you have, and how many do you think you'll need to to, uh, get a a spot in the playoffs? Well, what you have right now is you have – top you've got uh, Liberty and Fort Madison who are 2-0 now they play tonight so one of those two teams will be 3-0 the other one will be 2-1 you've got Burlington, Scott, and uh, I guess they're the only two at 1-1 one one with Clinton and Mount Pleasant at 0-2 so the winner of tonight if Burlington wins tonight they'll be tied with the loser of the Fort Madison Liberty game uh, obviously if that uh, is Liberty and that sets up a battle for second place next week, at least to be tied with North Scott. You know, if there's a big jumble there, let's say Burlington and Fort Madison and Liberty spend these next three weeks really beating up on each other, and there's a big jumble at the top. I truly, I don't know what tiebreakers come into play. The cut and dried of it is if you win your district, you win. 
If you win, if you finish second in your district, you're in, and that accounts for 12 playoff spots. Beyond that, then there are four wild card spots, and we know this firsthand because last year in that Burlington Fort Madison game at the end of the season at Bracewell, Burlington won to get in. Fort Madison finished, I think, two spots out of that 16th seed. So, um, you know, it's uh, there's been absolutely nothing decided, obviously. Uh, but it'll start to take shape tonight, especially when that Liberty Fort Madison game is in the books. Well, tonight in Mount Pleasant, Iowa, the Mount Pleasant Panthers will be hosting the Burlington Greyhounds. And when these two communities meet, you can throw out the rankings and you can throw out the records because uh, it, it's going to it's gonna be a, a, an old-fashioned rivalry burn, barn burner game, isn't it? It, it could be a throwback uh, to the future as uh... – Burlington will probably want to make sure this game gets over before 10 o'clock and uh, Mount Pleasant with their aerial game want to keep this thing going well into the night. All right. Well, thanks for being with us. Uh, if you guys uh, stick around, I'll have some more some more uh, pregame show. Thanks for being with us, guys. You bet. We'll talk again. Well, we're continuing our coverage of high school football tonight. We have co- uh, we have. Uh, Mitch Eslick of uh, Sigourney Kyoto uh, Cobra's broadcast team. Welcome to the program. Always great to be on the Round Guy podcast. Thanks for having me. Well, we're looking for a quick hitter about this very important game between Central Decatur and, and Sigourney Kyoto at uh, the Snake Pit tonight. Uh, what do you know about this game? Yeah, big game. Uh, huge district title implications tonight. Both teams are 3-0. Uh, and uh, Central Decatur does have a pretty challenging game next week at Hella Christian. So uh, if the Cobras can uh, take care of business and get the win tonight, they'll wrap up the number one seed and uh, at least that first home playoff game, uh, which is important. Uh, and obviously, you know, you kind of set your goals at the beginning of the year. And I think Coach Jensen and crew uh, definitely have another district title uh, circled uh, on the, uh, on their goals list. And uh, they can get that finished tonight. And uh, Central Decatur does win. It'll, it'll bring up a pretty important game next week at, at Pella Christian. Uh, with a lot of implications of a three-way tie, and then you're, you're talking tiebreaker. And uh, so the Cobras are looking to avoid that tonight, hopefully, and uh, get the job done on uh, homecoming night. Well, this is essentially a playoff game in and of itself because of the positioning and everything that's on the line. Now, uh, everybody knows about Pella Christian and uh, and the Cobras, but uh, I don't know everybody knows about this Central Decatur team, and, and uh, I've been talking to people that are, I, I think, underestimating them. They've had a pretty great season so far, and I know they have a, a, a big uh, offensive lineman and a linebacker that a lot of colleges are looking at. What, what do you know about Central Decatur? Yeah, really tough team. Uh, it's uh, a team that, you know, I mean, it's a good haul down there to Leon. Uh, we had to make that trip a year ago. I'm glad that we got this one at home tonight, uh, saving a few miles on the uh, odometer a little bit. But uh, they're, you know, they're a really tough physical team. I remember that from a year ago. You know, the Cobras won. At Central Decatur a year ago, 37-9. But, you know, it was a competitive game uh, for the most part. and A really physical game. Came out a little bit beat up out of that one. Uh, just, you know, some tough kids. And looks like they uh, got a kid out that, that didn't play last year. The running backs got 19 touchdowns this year. Uh, really good player. Uh, and, yeah, their lines are, are tough up front. I know that our coaches have talked about their defensive lines really impressed them with uh, some of the, the stunts and some of the, the slanting that they've done. And, so I think they, the, the Cobras definitely have their hands full. They'll probably see some things that they haven't seen uh, on the lines uh, so far this year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know that, that, that the kids and the coaching staff are, are by no means overlooking 
uh, this team because, yeah, they're 3-0 in district play. They've been very impressive the last few weeks. They've had back-to-back shutouts. They beat, you know, a really solid Pleasantville team, a team that impressed me when we were there. Uh, they beat them pretty handily 27-0 and then took care of Van Buren last week, I think 48-0. Uh, so they're coming in playing really well, playing well on both sides of the ball. And uh, uh, the Cobras will definitely have their hands full tonight, uh, especially when uh, uh, both teams know, like you said, how much is on the line. I mean, you know, getting that home playoff game is huge. And, you know, getting that number one seed is even bigger. You you guarantee you're going to play a four seed uh, in another district. And, you know, that district right to the east of us with Durant and Mediapolis and Regina and West Branch, uh, there isn't going to be a bad team that comes out of that one. Uh, so if that's where – we get set. We'll have a tough one regardless, but obviously you'd rather play a four seed than a than a two or a three seed if you could if you could help yourself in that first round. So and it'd be, so it'd be nice to play it. It'd be nice to play at home too, wouldn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, having that home field advantage. I mean, the Cobras have uh, really played well in their home field the last uh, you know three years. I think uh, you know in the last three years they've they've lost one game at home, uh, and that was to Durant to start the year, and uh, uh, they've they've really played well at home and. Uh, they would love to be there uh, for the playoffs. Hopefully they can get that done tonight. Well, Andy Kretzinger of the Southeast Iowa Union says the snake pit is the absolute toughest place to come in and get a win. What is it about this home field that is so uh, uh, that is so uh, uh, exciting and uh, uh, great for the home team? And what is the atmosphere like in uh, Sigourney after winning four straight games? Yeah, um, you know, first off, the community support is phenomenal. Figuring the Kyoto communities, I mean, it's always packed. Uh, it's always loud. Uh, the the communities and, and the kids, the kids really do a good job of uh, of supporting the team. Uh, and it just, I really think our style of play, especially at home, just really wears teams down. You know, you're getting, especially like a Central Decatur tonight, you're getting off the bus from a two and a half hour trip and then you get beat on for about three quarters and you know we've seen a lot you know Lee and I have been doing this uh, um, on Thunder Country for the last four years and we've seen a lot of teams hang for a half and then second half rolls around and uh, and the Cobra's physicality just kind of wears them down and uh, uh, so I think that's huge uh, especially um, at home and yeah I mean the communities are are really excited you know Sigourney and Kyoto are both really uh, thrilled with uh, the turnaround that's happened here, you know, it was a tough start. Uh, you know, they played two good teams. You know, there's nothing wrong with losing to Durant and Mid Prairie. Those those are two pretty solid teams, but that's not something that you know we've been used to here these last handful of years. I mean, that that was, you know, the Cobras have lost one regular season game in the last three years, and then to lose two in a row to start the year. There was, uh, you know, I think the kids felt a little bit of the of the pressure of just trying to live up to the expectations. And you know, they really went back to basics. And Coach Jensen talked about that a lot. Uh, just of, of, of doing the things that they can control, and 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 they've really improved. I think our line play has improved a ton, uh, and just our ball handlers, um, the kids that run the ball, like Cole Clarahan, Isaac Bruns, uh, Sawyer Stout, uh, and Cole Kindred. You know, they didn't have much experience running it. I think that they've found a certain comfort level here as the season's gone on, and that's how a Christian win was huge, just from the confidence, knowing that you can beat a really good team, and and they've really kept it rolling from there on. Well, last year you had one of the greatest teams in Southeast Iowa, and you took your your playoff run as far as anyone else did. But, uh, uh, you know, you lost so many players from that. Your quarterback, your running back, your linebackers. I mean, all the, the great players that you lost. And I think there's a lot of wholesale changes this year, and it may have taken a couple games to get uh, the, the game plan kind of 
underway and going going super great like it is now. But right now, uh, Scotty Melvin and I are not seeing much of a drop off between the way last year's team was performing at this time of the year and this team's uh, performance. Oh, yeah, team. without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you're right, and, and you just can't. You know, you can't simulate that, and it's and it's, and it's hard. You know, uh, to 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 really explain it to people, but you really cannot. Uh, you really can't simulate that varsity experience. You know, you can play JV, you can get reps in practice, but when you're out there on Friday nights, uh, you know, under the lights and, and, and it's the real deal in varsity, it's just a little bit of a learning curve and the game's quicker. And uh, and I think that, you know, our kids did have to experience that. And unfortunately for them, uh, you know, the scrimmage we had at the beginning of the year got canceled. It was that night that there was a bunch of severe weather, couldn't play it, so they didn't get a scrimmage in. And then you open up with two, you know, really quality teams. And uh, uh, so it was, it was difficult and challenging for them, but they, uh, they did a nice job uh, rebounding and just kind of, um, uh, you know, keeping their head down and keeping working. And, 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 you know, Coach Jensen and their entire staff uh, does just a phenomenal job with the kids. And, and you can really tell the, the improvements uh, that have been made here uh, the last few weeks for, for the Cobras, for sure. Well, you're undefeated in uh, in conference play, and that's really what, what counts. But uh, what else counts is a good broadcast, uh, one that I watch uh, literally every week. Uh, you guys are over there on Thunder Country. Let, let our listeners know how they can follow this game to Thunder Country and uh, whatever radio that you're putting out. Yeah, um, it's real convenient. Uh, there's a couple different ways you can do it. Um, if you just want to do it on the internet, uh, you go to Thunder Country TV. Um, just type that into your, you know, Google browser, and it'll pop up. And there's, you know, actually Thunder Country, as you know, does a really good job. Joe Millage uh, is just one of the best out there, and you know, they do all kinds of stuff on Friday night. But they have, uh, I think, seven or eight broadcasts going uh, throughout uh, Southeast Iowa and Southern Iowa. And uh, um, so, find the Sigourney Kyoto uh, stream. Uh, they have a drop-down menu on there, and uh, click on that one, and. Uh, uh, you can do it that way, or um, if you if you're into the streaming and uh, that the smart TVs and whatnot, um, it is available. On, they have Thunder Country uh, has an app uh, on um, the Roku and on the Amazon Fire Stick as well. Uh, so search Thunder Country app. You can download it. All the streams will be available there too. And so we have a lot of people that that watch it both ways. And uh, um, Lee Crawford, our uh, baseball coach, athletic director, uh, will be along with me again here uh, tonight. He's he's a busy man uh, during homecoming week, but He'll be with us, and his wife Jolie's always running the camera, and she does a great job. And uh, uh, we uh, we we have a lot of fun uh, on Thunder Country every Friday night. And like you said, it should be a really really fun one tonight, and we're uh, we're definitely looking forward to it. Well, your school is tremendously lucky to be part of that Thunder Country family that does such a great job. Whether they're covering Eddieville, Blakesburg, Fremont, or Oskaloosa, or this fantastic Moravia team that that just showers points down every weekend. Uh, they got Albia. Uh, I think maybe they got Centerville, but there's a lot of games on that. And like I say, you get to that, once you get to that first screen, drop down one. And then there's all the icons of the team. And uh, uh, I always uh, uh, watch your game. And then at halftime, I catch up on some of these other games uh, that are going on. And the, there's always a lot of really exciting ones. Well, Coach, is there anything we didn't get to talk about that you wanted to talk about? appreciate you having me on it's always fun to talk cobra football and uh yeah hopefully we're still talking cobra football uh late into october and november again this fall like we have been the last few years so thanks for having me enjoy your football friday all right thanks guys for listening